Welcome to Midnight Menu Plus One. I'm Ray Canada. And I'm Margot Moss. Midnight Menu Plus One is a food lifestyle show on the podcast network, itsneworleans.com. Each week on Midnight Menu Plus One, Margot and I invite a member of New Orleans restaurant community and food community to join us, and we invite them to bring along their own guest, a plus one. We never know who their plus one's going to be. Sometimes it's a friend, a neighbor, a family member, a fellow restaurant colleague. And our special guest tonight we're really excited about is the one and only Sarah Edwards. We'll hear more about her in a moment. But And if you're hungry for more Midnight Menu Plus One, then we can dish up here. We have all kinds of extra stuff on our website, itsneworleans.com. You can check out our blog, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, or just Google Midnight Menu Plus One, and we can come right up. Midnight Menu Plus One is brought to us tonight by Wayfair. Wayfair is a fabulous restaurant and bar on Ferret Street Uptown. There are lots of places to get great food in New Orleans. You can take it from me. I've eaten at, what, 800 New Orleans restaurants, but there is no place doing what Wayfair is doing. <laughs> Chef Kevin White comes from this fine dining background and he's putting his training and experience and taste into sandwiches. And, awesome. And when you have a chef who's cooked alongside Mario Batali for years making sandwiches for you, well, it's taking sandwiches to a different place. And Wayfair has equally great salads, appetizers, and small plates you can enjoy at the bar. And you know what I like too? It's cheap. You pay the same or less than the price for a sandwich any other place, and you're getting this amazing taste experience. Plus, for being a Midnight Menu Plus One listener, they'll give you 10% off. That's crazy. Your, yeah. It's you're basically free to begin with. Plus, <laughs> and then they're going to give you 10 they're going to hand you money when you get there? 10% Here, off. Here, have a your, sandwich and $10. Right. Your, your whole bill. They're not going to stay in business that way, but so we've got to hurry up and get over there fast. That is awesome. Wayfair is open seven days from 11 a.m. till 11 p.m. on Fridays and Saturdays until 10 on weeknights. It's on that new hip part of Verrett Street. Remember to tell them that we sent you from Midnight Menu with Plus One for your 10% discount. I mean, it's honestly one of my favorite spots. Hey, Margo, I'm really looking forward to talking to our special guest tonight, Sarah Edwards of St. Clair uh, Food Truck, the pizza truck. But before we do that, let's catch up on your week's culinary ventures. You eat anything worth reporting? Anything happen to you? Well, I was in Dustin, Florida for the week, so I didn't eat anything local, Uh but I had great um, Thai food in Dustin. Nice. At a a little place in a strip mall. That's your favorite, isn't it? You're always, it seems like Thai Thai food's like your recurring Well, I I try and, I I do like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so what, what about you? I had a bunch, you know. Okay, so toast. I think I'm. I think they're going to need to put a restraining order on me. At first, they thought I was a good customer, and I'd cross that line into like creepy because I've been there eight times in the last like three weeks. But I can't stay away, and I blame my wife partly because she's off from school now and for the summer, and she um, she has fallen crazy head over heels in love with the avocado and egg on the toast or whatever. So really like it. We're big Kara Benson fans too. We love Tartine as well. Well, let me ask you a question though about that. Do yeah. you get the same thing every time? No, you I begin different things every time. Only okay, that's less like creepy. Okay, that's good. It's less creepy. No, the creepy part is like how I'm just always hanging around. Like, <laughs> you can't really like it this much. This, the, the, there's other good places to eat. Why are you hanging around? You, are, you, are you stalking us? Like, are we going to come out of work you know, at, at the end of the shift and you're going to be like in my trunk? You know, that kind of thing. So, then also went to Waffle, which was great on Maple Street, which uh-huh. is kind of really unique. I've never been to a place like this. They put all these cool like, um, you know, like eggs and all kinds of stuff on top of waffles. And then they also do like, you know, desserty things on top of big, big Belgian waffles. So waffles all day, every all day, day, every day. I did for dinner with my whole family. We all liked it. And then also uh, the other thing I wanted to mention was um, we went to Basin Seafood Place, you know, on Magazine Street. Real competitive area right there, like thir- like 3,100 block or so. It's a mm-hmm. billion fantastic place to eat. So, um, you know, it's, it, but it's hung in there. It's done well. And I've been there about a year or two ago, and I went back to this time with some good friends. And I wanted to get a Moscow mule, but they didn't serve a Moscow mule. Instead, they served an American mule. And what I like that. I feel, I feel like that was a slap in the face <laughs> to Putin, right? <laughs> Screw you, Putin. We're going to call it the American mule because I think it was the same drink. It's so the anyway, same drink? It's right. t- it kind of tastes like that to me, but it was done the right way. It was in the uh, copper cups, you know, which is really cool. And it was, you know, a nice copper cups, and it was really nice. And then uh, I guess my other big event this week is the Wall Street Journal read an article about me. Um, 
Isn't that kind of cool? Yes, congratulations. Yeah, yeah my friend Naomi, well, my, she became my friend when she did the story. <laughs> She's my friend now. Just because they um, think you're interesting? Or well, was it, was it about a certain... Our, it was about our church. It was talking about churches oh, great. that reach uh, people in their 20s and 30s. And she wrote a book about mosques and synagogues and churches that are reaching people in their 20s and 30s. And we were the first chapter of her book. Excellent. And since she did a follow-up piece in the in the Wall Street Journal, so that was kind of so. Fun. Is it online as well? Yeah, and and it, and it didn't mention the, the, our show though, because I think she did the interview like a year and a half ago, and I didn't mention the show back then. And I didn't that's all right. It. We're happy for instead, you. But it was still good. Yeah, maybe <laughs> some people find the show that way. Anyway, that's that's enough of that. We need to get Sarah Edwards. She's way more interesting than me, and she's almost as interesting as you. <laughs> she is an active oh, artist gosh. and a barista and a pedicab operator. And, oh, yeah, in her spare time, she also happens to own and operate one of the hottest food trucks this side of Glory, which is uh, St. Clair's Pizza. So welcome, Sarah Edwards. That means you're supposed to come close to the mic now. <laughs> She's waiting in the wings. Did so he, uh, it, was there something we need to clarify in that introduction? No? It was okay? Yeah. Okay. It was accurate? Because we, you know, Ray, uh, we can edit out anything Ray says. Which if, we do If we are week. not if anyone's not happy with it. But he's never done that yeah. so far. No problem. Okay. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, so, Sarah, thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you for having me. And I'd like to know uh, a little bit about your background before we get into all those interesting careers that you pursue. Okay. Uh, I'd like to know a little bit about uh, where you come from and uh, your first foray into the culinary world, or, or at least your interest in the culinary world. Um, I was born in Hollywood, California, lived there until I was three. My parents, who were crazy hippies, uh, and lived in a step van. What, a step van? What's yes. a step van? step van is like, you know, those bread trucks. Oh. A bread truck? Yes. A bread you. truck? Yes. All right. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, sort of, maybe. Utility van. Nice. Yes. Uh, wait, like you lived in it, too, or just them? Uh, I lived in it as... The three of you? Originally. Or more of you? So, wait a minute. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but is is that, like, in the 80s? I know, you're young. Wow. No, no, it was six, in the 70s. 70s. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Now I'm getting the picture. So okay, so the reason like why they're in the bread truck like is because van. they're, like, uh, fleeing from the government. They're, like, in the weather yeah. underground. Or something <laughs> yeah, <right> no. There. <laughs> no. They're, they're, like, crazy, like... They just don't want to be tied down. Interesting. They like to be very... They're very eccentric people. My father did a whole, like, mural of Godzilla nice. all over it and stuff like that. I mean, they're just very eccentric. On the side of the truck? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Tell me they still have the truck. They do not. Oh, so no. y'all traveled around as a family, or did they park it somewhere? They parked it in a driveway. In Hollywood, California? In Hollywood, California. In someone else's driveway, in or Elizabeth did y'all have a house, driveway. but they just <laughs> chose to <laughs> live uh, in the... I'm not really sure about that. Okay. I was a little too young for that, and it, okay. the, I don't know that that's ever been quite clarified. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so uh, my dad worked for A&M Records. My mother made leather rock and roll clothing so sweet cool. yeah. in, in, in the, the 70s truck? not in the truck <laughs> yeah so did they do that in this before you were born too in the yes yeah and then once i was born i guess it was time to you know as happens with most families get serious and so we moved to connecticut where my father's side of the family is from um and he got into fire sprinkler engineering <laughs> a real job real job fire sprinkler engineering yes went from working for amc and what do you do at amc uh, he was a producer, music producer. Wow. Any, any like, bands that we still listen to? Uh, well, he worked, maybe he worked, like, assistant producing or something. Okay. He worked with Quincy Jones. Cool. <laughs> um, producing music, so. So, yeah. do you, are there any stories about, uh, crazy stories about, uh, how, okay, I'm, I'm jumping all over the place, but how did y'all cook in a van? How did they feed you? I Other than no breastfeeding. I mean, I was breastfed by your dad. I know, <laughs> How old I know my you? mother made my baby food. So, whoa, what'd you make it out of? Like carrots, and oh, wow. she had like one of those food processors, you know, the little hand wands. Wow. But um, yeah, I guess you don't have to cook, babe. You don't have to cook a lot of baby food. You can just puree it up. Well, I think you st like steam yeah. carrots yeah, and then right. you puree you it up. Soft first. <laughs> Sen sensitive baby. Yeah, yeah, right. She's not gonna like just eat marbles or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So then we moved to Connecticut. Uh, my mom is one of seven. My dad's one of nine. So we have a huge family. Whoa. So a lot of cousins. Yes, lots of cousins. Over 21st cousins. Wow. So um, went 
to Connecticut and I grew up there. Um, and I was interested in food at a young age. I was very, um, before I was able to cook, I wasn't allowed to cook because I was too young and they were worried about the stove. So the way I got around that was um, sculpting Play-Doh into <laughs> like very detail specific meals. Oh, cool. You know, so that I would always make everyone come over and sculpt Play-Doh meals for Did them. Did you have a favorite kind of like blue pizza or something? or like? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. Everything had to be the right color. Oh, really? Like, I you were a stickler was even like, at that. Yeah, it was like um, they, they had to look like what it was supposed to, which is kind of hilarious. Um, but I was very serious about the Play-Doh. Uh. Anyways. Um, and then my, my mom did a a lot we, since we have such a huge family, we're always catering all of our family parties. You know, Thanksgiving is like at least 60 people at our house. So, Whoa. you know. And so food became was part of the culture of your family. For sure, yes. Yeah, and making it artistic. Like, my mother would make pies, and we would um, make them kind of look sculptural, like by cutting out doughs in certain ways and coloring them with food coloring and putting them together and you know everything was always kind of eccentric was the key theme so it's pretty cool so that inspired creativity they continued creativity into your yes connecticut and food and yes so uh when did you go out on your own and with food yes um, I would say whenever I moved out of the house when I was 17 and I always had, you know, dinner parties and potlucks. And so I've always, I've always been in the food service industry. I started working when I was 13, uh, at a little cafe called the Whistle Stop. What'd you do at 13? I was just the little counter girl that put the things in the little conventionary oven and, you know, <laughs> made to go. I was just very, always very serious about work you know um, babysat and like I like to make my own money and I didn't like to spend it but I like to like the, the art of making the money was very fun to me <laughs> so um, yeah so I was a little counter girl at the the whistle stop that's where I made my thing so yeah so I've been in the, f- the food industry for you know 20 years so you, did you continue that in college as well? or? Um, not the whistle stop. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. Um, what did you do in college, food-wise? Uh, in college, I, I did, I mean, I worked for everybody. I did catering, and I bartended, and um, worked it, in restaurants, fine dining, you know, hip restaurants, just whatever. I always floated around, you know. Uh-huh. Where'd you go to school? Um, I went to school at Fairmont University. Uh-huh. It's in West Virginia. Yeah. So uh-huh. how did you transition to New Orleans for um, a living? I then moved to Portland, Oregon, and I was in Portland, Oregon for 10 years. And I transitioned to New Orleans just because an opportunity had arose here, and I decided to well, how did you find out about an opportunity? Did you have friends here, or were you um, interested in the New Orleans? Yes, I was very scene? interested in New Orleans, and um, it seemed like so. In Portland, I had just purchased a purchased and rebuilt a, a vintage trailer, so I was opening a food truck in Portland. Okay, oh. um, and it was going to be farm fresh vegetables and beans and rice and stuff like that. And the idea was that I was going to make all my sauces and salsas and such. Um, but then had an opportunity here and decided that there wasn't many food trucks here. So I thought, well, I'll just come here, restart up what I was already working on and open up the food truck here. When was that? That was three years ago. Okay. Yeah. No. I'm sorry. Did you, um, you had purchased a food truck? Did you? No, I purchased a vintage trailer. Vintage trailer. And okay. then I, it was a camper trailer. She's okay. convert it to a I food conv- truck. Yeah, I did, did. convert you it. did yeah. convert it. Okay. I did convert it. And then I was like days away from getting it legal when the decision was made to move here. Now, is that the one you have here? No. No. Okay. No. The, the food truck St. Clair is my boyfriend's truck. Ah, okay. So yeah. what'd you do with the other one? 
The other one I sold okay. because it was a vintage trailer and mo- and tra- traveling cross country with it, just like it swaying back and forth and everything. I don't know. I just decided I could get better money for it there, use that money to come here, buy another vintage trailer, convert it, start all over. So it was like an investment and you helped somebody get closer to starting their own business there. It's true. You did yeah, what's a lot become of, the hard of it? Work. Is it being used there for food trucks? I sold it to as funny as it would be um this pizza place that's out of a um, gas station in Uh oregon all right um and they use it for like a they use it for festivals and stuff like that to sell their pizza out of it and as kind of like a traveling bar oh nice cool so it has a good life yes it does (laughs) looks very cute in front of the gas station (laughs) (laughs) so you uh came here Mm -hmm. and what did you learn about when you came here? Was it as uh, easy a process as uh, Portland? And Yeah, it definitely, I quickly learned that it was not going to be as easy <laughs> as I had anticipated to start a food truck. And the reason that there weren't many food trucks here was because it was very difficult to have one. So, What are some of those difficulties? The difficulties were before they had uh, kind of lifted where food trucks could actually be operating you know like and you had to what frustrated me was that you had to instead of like so I came here I got a vendor's permit like I did all these things to like get the ball rolling because I already knew how to build the trailer I just had to find it but the um the difficulties were that there was too many weird clauses that you had so basically you were going to invest all this money and potentially not be able to sell food that easily like can't have four wheels like well no <laughs> yeah. it was more like you had to get your vendor's permit but you also had to get a catering permit and you had to operate under catering and there was all these things i can't really remember right now but it was the fact that you you couldn't actually just be a food truck you had to be a caterer with a vendor's license and you couldn't be in most of the city selling. I mean, that was at the point in time where there was basically just the hot dog guys in the French Quarter. <laughs> and like, and you can't Lots stay in a yet. spot for longer than four minutes or something yeah, like that. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now it's all flooding back to me. You're right. Yeah. It was like a couple of hours and, you know. But you overca- did you overcome all those obstacles or did you? Well, um, as far as with opening a food truck? Yeah. Well, I lucked into meeting somebody who had a food truck already. So you so, could use their license? Well, no. no. Um, they were in the process of getting the food truck legal and okay. building it out and stuff. And so oh. I kind of came when it was like the shell, basically, of the uh. bus. And I got to help in building it up. And then we just had to befriend everybody in the city <laughs> and get it legal. And it is badass looking. I mean, it is great. Our listeners will be looking at pictures of it as they listen to the show because I'm sure we'll have it posted by then. But it is a really cool looking. It's got got to be one of the most unique looking food trucks in the city. Well, and I want to hear more details about it. But but let's, um, I think your plus one is uh, ready to be introduced. Yes, I see him And maybe he can help you in. uh, So who is your plus one? And why did you bring him tonight? Okay. Uh, my plus one is Frankie Ostello. He is the um, creator of St. Clair. Uh, and he is my boyfriend. All right. Also. And he's the reason why you're in New Orleans? Um, he's the reason I stayed in New Orleans. Stayed in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> all right. For sure. All right. So we love him already. Yes. Yeah. Thank well, you. Thank you, Frankie, for coming well, in. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Appreciate it. So you can, is this uh, part of the story where y'all meet? Mm-hmm. Is, or is this a different, <laughs> should we get into Frankie's story? Or are you? Sure. Let's yeah. get into whatever you guys want. <laughs> well, how'd you guys meet? Did you, you didn't say that already, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, I met Frankie through mutual friends. All right. That's how she we met. came to my house you? for a party. I came right. to his house for a party. Yeah. Cool. So. <laughs> All right. That worked. <laughs> <laughs> and you sure. talked about pizza that night? and No. 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 Probably not. We talked about uh, boche and... Uh, bocce. She means oh. bocce ball. Yeah. Bocce I'm saying ball. it. Though. She says it properly. Oh. I'm saying it properly for him. Oh, you love yeah, Italian. we live you in played, New Orleans, yeah, though. We don't say nothing properly. Well, I mean, 
At the Boche Club, they do. <laughs> <laughs> Very do serious group of guys. Here? Certainly, in Metairie. Nice. Yes, it's right off of, it's on Severn, just off of I-10. No one knows it's there, huh. uh, but it is. Are you the only member? How many, <laughs> how many members? <laughs> no, there? I'm not. I'm the youngest, but uh, <laughs> I'm not the only one, and we need more. So that's a little plug for the, for the oh, Boche Club. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. Will they have a website? Uh, no. Facebook group? No. <laughs> good. Um, it's, it's making me storefront. like it even more. Well, <laughs> yeah, but it's not that good for spreading the game. And uh, it, they could do a little better as far as advertising and uh, <laughs> trying to um, recruit How younger How did you find people. out about it? I'm an avid Boche player. I travel around the country playing in tournaments and, what? and such. I did not know that. Super yeah, hot that's quality. a thing. That's a <laughs> thing. That's, that's so thing. hot. Uh, that is actually something I was hot for. Like that, <laughs> that is. Well, right, let's back up for a second. So, how does that? What's the age range of people that compete? It depends on where, what region of the country you're talking about. Down here, it is me, and then mostly much older people. Um, are they all Italian or non-Italians allowed to do it? All of them are Italian here, <laughs> which is cool. Um, most of them are. Most of them are Sicilians. Uh, a lot of them are still off the boat and. Um, so they're a bit up there, but uh, they're really great. Is this people. professional? Do you win purses for this and stuff? <clears throat> you can. In a have lot you of won purses before? I have. Um, wow. Yeah. And I play with, I actually have a, a, a group of guys in Chicago that I play with that we travel around with, my buddies that are still playing there. Uh, it's a little more, um, a little more fruitful there. There's several clubs in Chicago. Uh, California is, is where the real hotbed of, American boche is right now because a lot of younger Are there magazines players. for this? Is this oh, shown on yeah. cable? Is this no, like no. It was almost an Olympic sport when there was when it was the Beijing Games because uh, it's huge in China and they're very good. Um, in the United States, it's obviously not very big anymore, except for in your small pockets of Italian communities. Can this get expensive? Are there like special shoes for this? Is there, like oh, it can get expensive <laughs> if, like if wrist you're guards. that kind you of guy. Go, right? Do you want to go, right? Do you have? <laughs> I do. I do want to go. Well, like thank you. The I lawn and you. stuff isn't. Is that we play inside? Inside and we play on what, courts. What What is the material? The for material a court? here is very very thin carpet, almost like what we're standing on now. Okay. Um, no offense to this place. <laughs> no. uh, well, we can see not, a future use for Not this necessarily now, the yeah. best material, <laughs> <laughs> but it works because there's a different kind of game that they play everywhere else. It's, it's like you can compare it eight ball to nine ball pool where you mark all your shots and you call all your shots. You can't really do that here, so we can only play the eight ball way, which is okay. But um, in most other places in the world, they play a much more serious game than everyone's used to playing on the beach or on grass, etc. Um, and it is, I mean, it's very popular in other places, but obviously in Italy, it's like, you know, this bar would have three courts. So is there like a Babe Ruth or a Tony Hawk of the sport, you know, like the Wayne yeah. Gretzky of, 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 of bocce? There is. Um, they're, it's you, isn't they're it? pretty much gone. I'm, I like <laughs> to think of myself as the Gretzky. Seriously? Uh, yeah, I, I'm, pr I'm very good. He's You're like a national good. figure in the sport? No. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I'm Canadian, so if I did play any world championships, I probably would play for the Canucks, but, oh. uh, and they win everything. That's yeah, but, so is there like a figurehead guy that was like, he's been the famous bocce champion forever? Not in the States. Okay, okay. But in Italy. and. So how did you get uh, inspired to do that? Did you do that as a... Is your family and yeah, part of your I grew up uh, in a very Italian culture. Uh, I'm from Toronto originally, and there's uh, the most Italians there anywhere outside of Italy now. Huh. Um, so there, it's just a thing you do. Like my grandfather would go to the park and play with all the other nonnus grandfathers, and uh, eventually, when uh, I was living in Chicago, when I got really serious about it and started playing in, indoors and playing on courts and learning the real game and that kind of thing and spending way too much on, on balls. Although I didn't buy expensive shoes, I still just play with Chuck Taylors because they're just as good, so. Um, and is there a, um, like, do you wear a suit or do you wear like? I would love if, if it was still that, if I would love if our culture was still doing that as, you know, society, but no, it's mostly beers and shorts and. <laughs> You know, <laughs> really I, bad text on T-shirts. Yeah, it sounded I, so glamorous that you said that. No, the the <laughs> tournaments though they they're very serious. Nobody messes around. Everyone wears uniforms, all that kind of stuff. The national tournaments, oh. you have to be, you know, 
fully in uniform and so does uniform code. look like a, like a soccer jersey I'm picturing like what's the some people like? do um, okay. ours didn't when I made all our uniforms as well I made all the t-shirts and our nice. our rest of our gear and we, we were pretty slick looking compared to everybody else um, so did you have a lot of family support? Like, did you, because you, y'all both come from, you said you come from a big Italian family and you come from a large family. Mm-hmm. Is that, um, is that something when y'all met that you had in common and was? I think the importance of family is something that we yeah. have in common. Yeah. I don't get to see my family too much because. Are they all still up in Toronto? Yeah, everyone's in Toronto. My mother still lives in Chicago, but she'll be moving back, back home soon. Um. I grew up partly in Chicago, okay. um, and then it's kind of back and forth between Toronto and Chicago, uh, before and then eventually moving here. So, you, so you learned to make pizza there in Chicago? No, or? actually, um, no, I didn't start making pizza. Well, my family's always cooked. My I had a great aunt who owned a restaurant on Saint Clair, actually, which That's is the main Italian from. thoroughfare oh, in Toronto. One of the main Italian thoroughfares. There's two little Italy's there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I was always, food was always a thing without even really knowing it. Once I left home, I couldn't get the food I was used to eating um, or even source any of the, the actual ingredients a lot of the time. But eventually I did and, and then started learning to cook for myself. Um, and then anytime I went home, I would just study my aunts and my uncles too huh. um, and my grandmother and just watch what they do and learn how to make all this stuff because now, eventually now, now Toronto Italian is that like a uh, deep dish like Chicago style or is that like New York style or is that like authentic Italian style the like? thing about Toronto is we're only on our really our th- second or third generation because the immigration's a lot younger there so everything's very authentic uh, and okay. everything is still just how they do it in Italy and so, so it's more like it Ancora and Dominica in terms of what yeah. it looks like than it is like New York style or like yeah I mean you get dish. like your grandmother will make Sicilian style pizza or a deeper dish pizza that's what you eat at home but then when right. you go out it's usually wood-fired right. Napolitana style or classic Italian pizzas which which right. is what we make cool um so yeah that all that all kind of came from that and I just wanted to keep it going and and, and keep that part of the culture going within me at least um, and then bring some of it here because you know the Italian there's there's a good amount of Italian culture here but it is removed by at least 110 years um, so a lot of it's still very mixed with New Orleans style this and Creole yeah, that's and all that kind of thing that's going to be my next question Are you, yeah. so you uh, pay homage to your roots mm-hmm. and um but have you, um, do you have influence, local influences, or you're bringing? Not so much. Um, I really wanted to stay true to what I grew up eating in Toronto, and that right. that is, you know, certain kinds of sandwiches, uh, panzerotti, which we are yet to unveil here, but. Ah, uh, what's that? We will. It's I grew uh, up Italian. I never heard of that. What's that? It's Maybe basically it's a, different. It's like a calzone, but uh-huh. the dough is a little bit different. It's sweeter, and uh, it's fried, uh-huh. and you know you don't have like the ricotta in it or anything that would actually make a classic calzone. It's a little bit different in Toronto. Basically, that's fast food. Uh-huh. Like, like there's just panzerotto places, and that's where you go to get huge panzerotti and um, veal sandwiches. Nice. Um, Stuff like that. So, so you're making the veal sandwiches in the in the truck now. We are going to be hopefully very very soon. How do you um, run? So for wait, all this wait. Stuff why don't y'all tell us a little bit about the truck? Sure. Too, and and like what what you. We know where the concept came from, mm-hmm. but how long has it been in operation, and what do you? Well, it took a long time to get started. I bought the truck about three years ago, with um, when I fir- when I moved back to Louisiana about three years ago. Um, there was no really good pizza and I was like this is what I'm doing long that's a very short way of saying all the things that that took to get there but found that truck bought it and then started doing it and it just it's been taking a long time but now we're, we're going and uh it's a supposedly a 67 Chevy short bus huh um but we're not quite sure about that year <laughs> but uh we think it's right and um, it is, it's beautiful. And that was 
the aesthetic is a big thing for me and us is having some kind of uniqueness and having that aesthetic continue through everything we do. Um, and we now, think did it y'all build really it out? Did you do it yourselves? Mm-hmm. And um, a man, the man I bought it from was using it as a tailgate truck. He was a big Ra- Razorbacks fan. So I bought <laughs> it in Little Rock. And it was the perfect colors already, red and white, um, which is, you know, Canadian colors. Cream. Um, yeah, it's cream. And maroon, <laughs> really. It's, it's two-thirds <laughs> of the Italian flag, too. <laughs> that, yeah. too. Uh, so, you know, once you add some basil on the truck, you got all three colors. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and then we, we basically gutted it and built that oven, um, which was not easy. No. But the three of us managed. How'd you build the oven? Who's the three of you? We have a another a uh, good friend and partner, Aaron Hubbard, okay. and uh, he's originally from Buffalo, so we were just across the lake from each other. And never knew, um, and then he grew up in mostly North Carolina, and then he moved down here, and uh, we met, and he wanted to be part of a food truck, and I just so happened to need somebody to be part of a food truck, <laughs> and uh, and he's great, and we got him, and you know everything's rolling. So, so how do you? I mean. This may be a little technical, but building a wood oven sounds complicated and technical, but building it in a confined space, how does that work? How'd y'all do that? Uh, lots of cuts and scrapes. Mm-hmm. And Sand your hands off. Yeah. <laughs> I had already built one previous to that outside. Uh, An outdoor yeah. oven? Okay. Um, so I was already familiar with how it was needing to go and what we needed to do and um, so I was at least familiar with how they're built and, and that kind of thing. So it was challenging, but... Stone, concrete, wire mesh, stucco. In, and it moves. Mm-hmm. No. You mean the bus? The, the, the bus, yeah. The, the, bus, yeah. Moves. the bus moves, the oven does yeah. not. <laughs> if it does move, we got a problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not humongous, the oven, like comparatively to Ancora or Domenica or anything like that. They have... Very large ovens, um, and ours are just a little bit smaller. We can cook two comfortably, um, which is all you really need because they cook in about a minute and a half, two minutes. Hmm. So you don't you don't need to hmm. really be putting too many in there. Okay, well, um, before we get too much further into that, there uh, we've come to the part of the show where we do this thing called off the menu. And we ask you a couple of questions you wouldn't be asked in culinary school or at a job interview, at least not a job you'd want. So uh, we have to ask you. Uh, but, but before we do that, I have to take a moment to tell you about petite pet care. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're going out of town or you're traveling, you know, you're working all night on your uh, truck and... Uh, your schedule keeps you away from home petite pet care have you covered they come to your house so you don't have to board your pet or take them to doggy daycare for loving care when you're not there uh go to petite pet care that's p-e-t-i-t-p-e-t-c-a-r-e.com that's a tongue twister (laughs) i'll tell you what i don't even have any pets but like i'm drawn to it every time hearing you describe it it's so beautiful margo the way you talk about petite pet care I mean, it really comes from the heart. But, you know, um, we also want to thank our friends at Wayfair for giving our um, Midnight Menu Plus One listeners a 10% discount off of everything on their fantastic Wayfair menu. Um, plus, they have three-hour happy hours every day from 4 to 7. Uh, Chef Kevin White, as you know, is one of our greatest guests ever on the show. He puts fine dining into a sandwich. Uh, I don't know how he does it. And the bartenders put all kinds of great stuff into the cocktails. Um, it's just wonderful. And Including as we promised, um, what's that? I forgot that, that I, I forgot that I had a mic. I was going to say including alcohol. But yes, that's right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they put alcohol in their cocktails, too. We're thankful for that. Okay, so we have our off-the-menu question ready for the guests. Do you have a... Uh, I just well, have my standard one I ask okay. all the time. All right, well, uh, let me ask Sarah. Now, <laughs> uh if you had to lose one sense or the other, would you be willing to give up your sense of smell or your sense, your uh, hearing? Smell. Definitely. Really? Yeah. All right. 
That mm. you didn't have to think about that. It'd be hard no. to make pizzas without smelling them, though. Yeah. Well, music. Losing <laughs> music would be worse than losing pizza. Well, yeah. I mean, you could still. Well, I don't know that you could still you taste, taste if you can't smell. Nope. But still, I don't think I can give up music, listening to music. Because psychologically, that, you would know what you're eating. You've, yeah. You've. I guess. All right, music, That's food over music. Let's hope yeah. she never has to make that choice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah's choice. And who would want a job where you had to make that choice? I mean, I'd rather not work. Yes. All right. Well, thank you hmm. <laughs> for Thanks. answering that. All right. Well, Frankie, all right. Well, one person that you would, uh, if you could choose one person to have a meal with, one-on-one. Alive? Yeah, alive. Who, who are you then I want to hear dead. Oh. Really? If he doesn't say me, we're going to fight later. Uh, <laughs> besides, I'm just kidding. Besides, <laughs> um, does, I mean, anybody? Like, can it anybody. be sports? Yeah, yeah, anybody. Oh, man, that is so tough. Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley? Yeah, Charles Barkley. Did not see that coming. Not okay. Nope. Why Charles Barkley? He's the best. <laughs> He's the, the funniest, most honest dude out there. I'm a huge sports fan as well. And I grew up a giant Bulls fan, so, uh, you know, Michael was, like, my guy. Yeah. And then when you grow up, you're like, Michael Jordan's kind of a jerk. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, Charles is just, he just seems super interesting. And I don't know, I, I don't really want to, like, eat with a chef or anything like that. I don't really care that much. Um, I think it would just be really cool to hang out with Charles Barkley. All right. Yeah. I would have cool. thought you would have said Tom Waits. Tom Waits Yeah, good but too. I love Tom Waits, and I don't want... To not love Tom Waits again. <laughs> oh, so you if know? Charles Barkley yeah, turns out yeah, to be a total Tom Waits bore. could be. I mean, well, I could just, be. It I, could not. Be I bet you he eats kind of gross fun. too. I could see like lots of stuff stuck in his <laughs> you teeth. You think so? That. I don't know. I bet you he's very, uh, <laughs> very eloquent when he eats, just like yeah. how he speaks. Just, I'm just kidding. No. We're all big you Tom know? Waits fans. Yeah, I just I wouldn't want that illusion of Waits to be ruined for yeah. me. And okay. I'm not saying it would, but your Charles Barkley dream, it. your childhood dream, would not be ruined. But Tom no. Waits is not worth yeah. risking. Got it? Yeah, it would. It would just be sports. I think all the time, sports guys. Cool. Barkley, Gretzky. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, okay, Sarah. I want to get back to your uh, your Renaissance woman um, uh, characteristics. You you you're, you do a lot besides just make pizza. Like I met you because you're a barista, one of my favorite coffee shops in the world, Hey Cafe mm-hmm. in Uptown, mm-hmm. and you do that very well. And then you're also, aren't you like a pedicab uh, rider too? Driver? I have been pedicabbing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> What's that like? That's got to be interesting. It is very interesting. Um, it is never a dull moment in the French Quarter. Right. Um, Don't you make your own price with that, Isn't that physically too? grueling? That's got to be a workout. It can well. be. Um, yes. Yeah, definitely. Especially, uh, like, I pedicabbed yesterday during Creole Fest, and it was very hot and sunny. And um, so that, and people weren't, you know, you have to kind of egg people into, give, like, getting in your cab, like, convince people, charm them to get them in what your cab. What are some of the things you say to get people in your cab? Um, I, I mostly will just, like, bike beside them slowly and start <laughs> conversations you know like <laughs> heckling isn't necessarily my style but trying to be funny or you know be common on, like no- what they're wearing or, or like noting you know, how tired they're looking or but asking them where they're from you know just starting conversation you can normally get somebody in your cab huh. now is it you cannot say anything history wise right in being oh, a pedicab person yeah, right. like you can't I didn't know can that. you you're not really supposed to because then um, all of a sudden you're a tour guide and then you're right. in trouble because you're not licensed i mean is that like a that's clause? nuts i mean i don't or i mean this is the mitch era it, it's something that they kind of like i mean you're not supposed to like give history yeah. tours it's or anything like that rule. yeah it's an unwritten rule there's there are things even with pedicabbers like if you're on the street and one person's in front of you and somebody asks for a ride, you know, you're supposed to kind of give it to the person who's in front of you. Or if everybody, you know, all the pedicabbers, even from different companies, will park at the French market and whoever was there first kind of gets like, I mean, everybody kind of So there's an etiquette other. to there's it. There's an etiquette to it. You ever get um, like, you ever go like to blows with like another pedicab driver? Like just really, there's got to be some cantankerous characters. No, now. but I think like they're a lot. They're all cute and nice. The yeah, prob- that's how they act, pedicab- but when they were with <laughs> each well, other. The, well, the prob- I think they... I think the guy just told me they're not allowed to talk because he didn't want to talk to us. Because <laughs> if you're telling me that, uh, yeah, well, he, I mean, there's no like. It's like telling a ta- taxi driver they can't 
you know, tell you about the city? Well, it could be maybe their, I mean, there's different cab companies, so maybe their okay. cab company mm. is different. I work for the best cab company. Which one's and that? Who's which that? is Nidoride. Nidoride. Yeah. So everybody is really, I mean, I'm saying the best because it's the one huh. that I now work for. Now, don't you, like, set your own most, price with that stuff, too? It's, like, negotiable? Well, not I really. The side of the, I never see on the side of the, it, the pedicab. It never has a It's a dollar a block per person. Now, it is? Yes. Okay. Now, some people will, the only problem that pedicabbers have is when people are undercutting the other person because it kind of, uh. like, one person will get in the cab and say, oh, well, I just had a $7 ride to Cafe Dumont when it's really, like, a $22 ride because somebody's trying to make money. Right. Which I, I understand, but then it kind of creates confusion. Like, legally, it's a dollar a block. Like, it's actually legally oh, it a is. dollar a block And they post it in the person. thing, don't they? they post it's, it yeah, it's the printed th- on the bike, but in a way that you can't quite I see it. What am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you must have been having a good time when you were taking pedicab rides. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the pedicab rider told me. They told me it was $5 a block. I don't know right now. <laughs> yeah. But, wow. They okay. saw you coming. Yeah. No. They could tell. <laughs> You do that. How? Uh, when do you sleep? So, wh- what are the hours and what is the? Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. Of the truck, the food truck, and then when are you fitting in pedicab rides? Uh, pedicabbing, I do whenever I have extra time or I want to make extra money. Um, hey Cafe, I do on a constant basis, and the food truck, I do on a constant basis. Um, I just like to work a lot. All right, so, so share with I us a typical day too. At, on the food truck. I want to know, like, wait, nanny? Yeah. Oh, she's still, I don't know. I, I just, no, that was it. I'm just saying, like, In I New have, Orleans? Yeah, I just have, I'm just saying I, I fill my time, like, if I have spare time and whatnot, I will choose from one of my jobs. <laughs> so you're a workaholic. I mean, I don't know that I'd no. call it that, but I, no, I enjoy working. You have a great a work ethic. Yes, that's what yeah. I like to think. Well, that's what New Orleans is known for, anyway, right? Sure. Great work ethic here. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> really, really was, it's not surprising. It's true. <laughs> some that's would, why some we would love say that. Basically, basically, you're propping up the whole city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're no. the only one working. They are. That's why we love people like Outsiders, them who are choosing to make it their yet? home. Because they're they're. Give her another Excite- couple of years. No. And she'll just be. I can see Drinking it. a forty on the bench. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This is like my eighth year here. I still haven't slept. It's been yeah. working. So I don't know. That doesn't, it's not catching up. <laughs> and having some fun in there too, right? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> a little. Yeah. So what does a day look like on the food truck? And, and where do you go? And, and what does that look like? Go ahead. Um, well, it starts with Frankie making the dough, which is a, a pretty long process. Um, there's a lot that goes into that, um, and that sometimes is, you know, there's preparations that happen pre, you know, we have to at least prepare 24 hours, all of the stuff that we have to get together. Um, we have to go to multiple different places to source all of the high-quality foods that we use, and then we, um, you know, prep, cut, roast, you know, we do some pre-making stuff um even like then frankie then builds the fire that's like a couple hour process really before we even pull out to leave and everything has to be packed a certain way and um you know our main goal i feel like is having the highest quality product that's the freshest yeah um it's a lot of running around trying to get get that stuff um because we're not big enough to have a an account with one of the larger distributors and things like that um, we can go through other restaurants that are friends of ours and that have offered, and we're going to do that soon. But, yeah, it's a lot of work just getting the ingredients, period, and then making those ingredients into delicious foods. Um, and we hand-make everything. Yeah, everything you know, All is the sauces, fresh. the pestos, the everything. Yeah, nothing's frozen, nothing, ever. So when you say you hand-make the sauce, I mean, it's like crushing the tomatoes and, like, the whole thing? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, essentially. All right, so you're not getting any cans. Depends on what... Yeah sauce we're using for right. that time right oh don't get me wrong there's there's really good canned tomatoes out there all right, of our right. stuff is either from all of our tomatoes are either from california or italy right. um flowers from italy all that kind of stuff uh but yeah we try to use as fresh as, as we can and as local as we can for our veggies and our fruits and all that kind of stuff we just did a big party at Grodat um 
at City Park last week, and that was great. And we used all their own vegetables. It was delicious. Everything was great and went off fantastic. And was that well attended? It was. It was a private party. Oh, okay. Um, for Grodat? Yeah, for and, and for a separate, uh, a separate group of architects, actually, because the place is all built out of shipping containers, and it's really it's neat. So cool. Yeah, you guys so should check Ray, it out. have you There's been out there? there? you got to check no, out Grodat. It's really cool. It. It's a really great thing. He's involved in that. It's supposed yeah. to be wonderful. Yeah. It is. It's really nice. There was um, around 100 people there. Yeah. So. And so y'all catered. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. like a private event, and yeah. you started preparing at least 24 hours in advance. Oh, oh. We, uh, for that, we, uh, it was days, days okay. in yeah. advance, a long time. And we were cooking food, you know, up until the time we got there almost. Yeah. And the way that works is once we're at this party, we, we put out a bunch of food, and then we just keep making pizzas, keep making pizzas. Right. And there's other food to eat, and we just keep pushing out pies. So. You know, Margo, I can't believe we haven't asked him yet. Have we? Um, where is St. Clair's truck generally parked? Like, what are your sort of hangouts that you go to the um, most? And on Wednesdays. I know you're in front of Kingpin sometimes. Yeah, right? Kingpin at night from 7 to 11. On um, Saturday. That's Saturday. Okay. Yeah, we'll go in reverse. Uh, Friday is Miss May's, and we're there around 10, nice. and we stay till late, late. Um, we don't usually go to sleep till about 6 o'clock in the morning that day. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Well, it's a late crowd at Miss May's, too. Yeah, yeah. and a very inebriated one, <laughs> um, which makes good pizza eating. Um, Unless they're looking for tacos, and they're just upset. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, when I, uh, I fold yeah. the pizza in half. <laughs> <laughs> and then during the day, we do uh, Tulane Medical Center on Wednesday. Okay. And we're going to start doing that on Fridays as well, during uh-huh. the day for lunch. And that's been working out really well because people mm-hmm. are – not a lot of options over there. Yeah, yeah there's not a lot of great On food Tulane right around. There's some. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I want insulting baits right there. That there's some good food, but I mean, it's not. Yeah, but they don't stay open yeah, very right. long. So yeah. whether it's good or not, right, you can't right. even get it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, and that's nice to be able to go out during the day for us too. Cool. So, um, Maybe you get to sleep at night too if you're working during the day. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> but we both have other jobs. I mean, oh. so what? Know. What else are you? All doing? three of us have other jobs. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I'm an artist. Uh, Aaron works at uh, Dominique, um, and I am a stained glass artist by trade, uh, but I'm starting to transition into other forms of art. Um, so there's a bunch of windows in the city that I've made that no one knows exist, but I did them. Oh. So. Neat. Do you have, um, what? what is your business called? How do you, would someone, if someone wanted to commission a stained glass window... Uh, could they do that, or are you they could. moving away from that? I, I'm well. I'm, I'm never moving away from okay. from making money. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, stained glass is, is a is a tricky art form, and it's more expensive than a lot of people think. Uh, but if they contact us through St. Clair, they can get any of us to do any kind of job they'd like. <laughs> for I don't have sure. A, I don't have a personal. <laughs> I, I work for Attenhofer Stained Glass in Metairie okay, uh, yeah. as a freelance artist. Okay. Um, and they're the kind of the only game in town now, and they're still the best. And any of the really, really big jobs um, I usually handle. Um, but now that the business has been starting, I'm trying to keep it more, you know, more pizza and trying to do other art, too. I'd yeah. like to concentrate on my own art at some point margo i can't believe we're out of time it's been an hour already mm. go by fast. Darn. that's just stinks um but i wanted to ask you before we ended uh, about um hill folk or is that going to oh. restart yeah I, that was a lot I, of people love that place oh, and then it sort you. of uh, disappeared and then i found out that was you yeah yes you made um, it disappear i made it disappear <laughs> he made it disappear <laughs> so is it coming back i don't know how you'd have time though with the, all the other jobs well right now i'm actually looking at storefronts trying okay. to tell me who hill folk was by the way uh hill folk was a little store that when when i moved here from oregon and decided that i couldn't make a food truck work as easily as i would have liked uh i opened up a little shop called hill folk which was a gift shop of all handmade items that i made um, very creative funky place Thank you. And yeah, I'm actually looking at different storefronts currently. Um, so it might be coming back very shortly, like all August. Right. Cool. Yeah, well, August. All right. Yes. All right. So well, we'll stay see. tuned for that. Um, let us know. We'll keep it. We'll, we'll, we'll update your uh, your entry on our page as well. Oh, our thank special you so much. guest tonight on Midnight Venue Plus One was the great Sarah Edwards, and her plus one was Frankie Ostello, equally great, both of St. Clair Food Truck. 
You can find out more about St. Clair Truck by following the links on our website. It's neworleans.com. And I want to thank you all very much for joining us on Midnight Menu Plus One because your time is truly precious. Hmm. Y'all, I'm sure you have very little free time, so we really appreciate you coming. And um, we also want to thank uh, Wayfair on Ferret Street and remind people one last time that if they go in and tell us, tell them that they are a fan of Midnight Menu Plus One, they get 10% off. And... uh, Thanks you also to PetitePetCare.com and the Monkey Hill Bar for um, having us do the show here. All right. Well, you're Margot Moss, aren't you? And I'm like, <laughs> you missed a line there. That's all right. <laughs> we got the important stuff out. They know I'm Margot. They know you're Margot, and I'm Ray. Good night. Midnight Menu Plus One is produced by Grant Morris, Margot Moss, and me, Ray Kanata. Our technical producer is Chris Keo. Our director of everything else is Mary Ross. Thanks to our sponsors who made tonight's show possible. Petite Pet Care. For loving care when you're not there. PetitePetCare.com Magic Box Toys. Experience the magic at Magic Box Toys on Magazine Street. Tell them you're a Midnight Menu Plus One listener and they'll give you 10% off of your purchase. If you'd like to be a sponsor of Midnight Menu Plus One, get in touch with us on our website, itsneworleans.com or just email sales at itsneworleans.com. If you'd like to be a guest or suggest a guest for Midnight Menu Plus One, you can do that on our website, too. You can find photos from tonight's show, check out our blog, and all sorts of other great stuff on itsneworleans.com, including our other shows Out to Lunch, Happy Hour, Vietnola, True to the Game, and Mindset. You can hook up with me and Margot anytime by following Midnight Menu Plus One on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. The awesome audio quality of this show is brought to us by Chris Kehoe's Magic and PreSonus Audio. More information about all the wonderful sound recording equipment PreSonus makes is at PreSonus.com. P-R-E-S-O-N-U-S dot com. Midnight Menu Plus One is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. For all of us here at Midnight Menu Plus One, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you back here next week around New Orleans Podcast Dining Table. Till then, I'm Ray Canada. And I'm Margot Moss. Goodbye. Labor Day signals the unofficial end of summer, but not the end of your outdoor projects. Lowe's helps you do it right and helps you save with Labor Day deals throughout the store. Shop now and get two bags of Stay Green Potty Mix for $12. And keep your lawn looking neat and trim with a Craftsman 2-Cycle 17-inch gas string trimmer now $20 off at just $119. Whatever's still on your to-do list this Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 828. Soil offer excludes Alaska and Hawaii, U.S. only.